This episode is brought to you by Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma. When it's time for an aircraft component inspection, overhaul, repair, or replacement, you need experienced technicians you can trust and friendly service you can count on. Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma, a family-owned business since 1959, delivers just that. Our techs have real-world experience and provide sales, service, and overhaul for piston engine aircraft accessories. We also have limited turbine capabilities such as fuel pumps, starter generators, and prop governors. And we can overhaul propellers ranging from fixed pitch to turbine. Propeller pickup and delivery service is available. And one more thing, mention this podcast to receive 5% off your next sale, service, or overhaul. Visit aircraftaccessoriesofok.com. This episode is brought to you by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company and leading provider of autopilots for rotor and fixed-wing aircraft. The Genesis STEC 3100 Digital Autopilot provides increased safety, decreased pilot workload, and is approved for over 200 makes and models. To learn more about the STEC 3100, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. That's genesis-aerosystems.com. Welcome to another edition of There I Was, a podcast where we put you in the cockpit with pilots in interesting situations, and we learn how they flew out of them. I'm your host, Richard McSpadden. Today's episode is a bit unique. It's one of the greatest thrills of my life, watching, watching my boy fly off into the sky. We're going to put you in the cockpit with fathers who are teaching their children to fly. Country music star Aaron Tippin is a certified flight instructor and taught both of his sons to fly. I'm also a certified flight instructor and taught my son to fly, and I'm currently teaching my daughter to fly. Aaron and I will discuss the joys and the challenges of teaching your children to fly. Hey, good afternoon, Aaron. Hey, Richard. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Nice talking with you. Sure appreciate your time this afternoon. My pleasure, buddy. My pleasure. Hey, uh, so uh, real quick, but while while our technician here is setting up the soundboard, uh, are you rebuilding a, a J three Cub, a Super Cub, or what are you yeah. rebuilding? It, it's a J three. It was a, it's a, a family airplane. You know, it's the one I soloed my boys in, and, and uh, taught a couple of friends how to fly a tailwheel airplane. So you know, it's a pretty special bird, but it it was in pretty rough shape. I ended up having to replace the fuselage. And, just about all the components on the right wing and everything except the spars on the left wing. So it was in rough shape. Yeah. Now, uh, you you mentioned in your note that that's one of several planes. How many airplanes do you own? Uh, according to my wife, too many. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I only have one, and that's still my wife's point of view. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, We got a T-6. We got a Stearman. And uh, we got a Malibu. We got a, a Decathlon. We got a little uh, flippy floppy airplane called a, a DR-109. And uh, down to farm, disassemble, we got another Stearman. And uh, the Cubs back here in the shop being rebuilt. Well, cool. Today's scenario is kind of unique. Most of the time, what we do is we put our listeners in the cockpit with pilots in interesting situations, and we learn how they flew out of them. And today's interesting situation is going to be your role as the primary CFI and father of your sons as you taught them to fly and some of the and some of the dynamics of that. Oh, that'd be cool and interesting. <laughs> yeah, it will be. So uh, do you mind sharing with us, Aaron, how, 
How did it start? Did they come to you at an early age expressing interest in flying? Were they involved in it from the very start? Or where do you think they got their uh, love of aviation to start with? Well, uh, first of all, I have to say they were absolutely forced into it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I grew up in an aviation family. It was impossible not to end up in an airplane when they were, you know, I mean, when they were infants, I I, um, uh, built a car seat to uh, be able to safety belt into the front seat of the J3 Cub so that they could start flying at about two years old. So, <laughs> you know, from the time they could look around, they were, they were uh, feeling loving airplanes. And uh, interesting, one day one of my buddies said, well, what, 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 Aaron, what if they don't like flying? I said, well, they're going to be mighty miserable riding around up there, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, uh, they love it. Most of them love it. That, that's awesome. It's somewhat similar uh, for me. My, my first child that showed interest in flying was, was Grant, and uh, he started flying around with us at a very early age, and then the same sort of thing, flew with his granddad in a Navion. So I kind of joked the two. He, he never really had a chance. Um, but at some point they kind of went into their teens and, and it sounds like to me, they just kept, you know, they, they flew a lot. It was very natural. And but then at some point they began to show some interest in themselves flying. How did, how did that develop? How did you develop that? Well, you know, I I think, uh, just, uh, you know, I, I involved them in the maintenance of the aircraft, you know, and and we own our own airplanes and and I'm an A&P. And, uh, so, you know, I, I involved them, started involving them in the, in the care and, and the maintenance of, of the airplanes and and i think that just they grew into that and and then uh you know then then they they did they started you know then next thing you knew they were into model airplanes mm-hmm. you know from building them to to flying them and uh remote control into remote control and i think that was a natural progression i think for those guys to, to you know to solo i mean i, I kind of always thought they would and i'm just joking i really would have never forced them into aviation you know it's something that they that they had a passion for like I did. So the pathway was really pretty easy for them. I mean, it's, it's pretty all laid out and they just followed right down. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, uh, somewhat similar to, to, uh, my experience with Grant as well. He began uh, first just building model airplanes and then he began flying them, uh, remote control. And we would go to Navy on fly-ins and, and the people there were very gracious. The, the Navy on pilots, you know, they would, uh, help Grant and watch him fly his model airplane around. And so suddenly you just saw the interest building and building. And then, but at some point then your, uh, your boys now, they're probably in their teens and you're beginning to teach them. I know you're a certified flight instructor. You're also an A and P, um, how did you make that transition into the formal uh, sort of flight lessons, if you will? I'm, I'm sure it's just like you, Richard. You know, as we cross country from place to place or going to fly in or just out flying around, I'd say, hey, you want to take the controls? You want to try it? Mm-hmm. You want to see, see how you can do that? And, you know, boy, once you stick that airplane in their hands, buddy, it's a magnet. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I think from that point on, you know, they were looking forward to, to, uh, uh, primary flight training and, and soloing. And so I think it, you know, just one thing led to another. And, you know, I, I laid the carrot out there. <laughs> yeah. Now, how did you handle things like uh, the written exam, for example? You know, so at some point you begin, it sounds like to me at some point you began your teaching very informally. They'd take the controls here and there and you'd give them a little coaching here and there. And then just gradually you move to the more formal instruction. Um how about things like the written exam? Did you kind of just say, guys, you got to go do this on your own? Or 
you coach them along, or how'd you handle that part of it? Because that trips up a lot of pilots. Well, and the written exam, you know, I um, first of all, I, I went straight to AOPA and and followed some of the guidelines that they have, you know, for for instructors and and uh, setting up a student pilot for for their her solo and for a written exam I went I based it off of that but I also wanted to add my touch to it and things that I taught them and uh, and and wanted to see you know how, how they answer stuff and they did well both of them did well on their test and and of course which which led them on to their to their and I'm I'm very proud to say that uh, both my boys soloed on their on their 16th birthday so that was the plan and I you know we had a goal and I think that was cool and important you know that on that on the you know that on their birthday they were gonna they were gonna solo yeah and so I, I I think that I think that was part of uh, what encouraged them is you know we, we did we set a we set a timeline and we worked towards it and worked harder and harder towards it as it got closer yeah that brings up another interesting point you're dealing with teenagers and they're not known for you know their their forward looking scheduling ability right and um, they have other things in their lives you know whether it's uh, sports or school stuff and so um, so I found that sometimes challenging to manage that schedule between the teenage life and you know my professional life, which was near as busy as yours is. How did you handle those kinds of things? Well, I, I would always uh, tell the guys, I'd say, you know, hey man, I know you um, love playing basketball, but I got to tell you something. You know, your our deadline's coming up. You know, you you gotta you gotta be ready to you're gonna be ready to do this or, or not, and you know, so you need to figure out how you're going to make time for this because there are certain things that have to be done. Otherwise it's not going to happen. And, uh, you know, they, they did, they adjusted their schedules and you're right. It is tough for teenagers to do it, but, uh, but by the grace of God, we got, you know, we (laughs) got, I got them to pay attention long enough to get it done. Yeah. What seems really helpful in your case was that you guys had that mutual goal of them soloing on their birthday, 16th birthday, which is of course the first time you can, you can legally solo an airplane. Uh, in the U.S., and so um, that was nice. That that wasn't just your goal; that was their goal. And so you could kind of keep pointing to that if you really want to do this. You know, here, here's what you got to do. In our case, that goal was a solo wall. My dad had a, a wall; still has a wall in his office that has his solo picture and uh, my solo picture, my brother's solo picture, my nephew's solo picture. I would learn later from uh, Grant and Annabelle that when they were young, that was a powerful image to be on that wall. So uh, those kind of uh, individual goals are really powerful for them. And, you know, it, it all started with my dad being my flight instructor and soloed me on my 16th birthday. So, you know, there's a little bit of heritage there to, uh, to try to continue on. And, and I think they felt the responsibility of that. And and that that is what I think flying does to a lot of youngsters is it it lets them know this this you know this machine is a wonderful machine but this machine will kill you mm-hmm. you know and and you got to treat it with respect and I think it was a part of their lives when the rest of their friends were just happy go lucky and they were learning some responsibilities of real life and that's that's one of the benefits I think of uh, youngsters learning to fly. Yeah, I thought that was a tremendous benefit, and my son would uh, would later tell me that, you know, in high school, there's all kinds of pressures for alcohol and drugs and so forth, and he said it was such an easy out for him to say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm learning to fly, I'm going to get this license, I really can't partake in that kind of stuff, and it gave him, exactly. it gave him an easy out from the peer pressure that, that so many of the kids are under these days. Absolutely. 
But yeah, I, I, I had the same uh, observation you did that I just really saw him mature as he began to realize, you know, yeah, you're only 16, but the laws of physics won't care that you're only 16. That's exactly right. If you don't pay attention to this stuff, you know, it's, it, it, we're, we're getting very serious now about these things. And, you know, there's there's no room for inattention to detail. There's no room for whoops. I meant to do that. I'm sorry I forgot. And so I really saw a lot of maturity in him as that as that came through. Aaron, you must have thought about, or, or maybe maybe you didn't. Sounds like you have a long heritage. Your dad was a CFI, and you were a CFI. Did you ever think about, am I the right person to teach my son, or is there a better instructor out there than I am? Well, yes, I always kept that in my pocket because you know the one thing I wanted to make sure was I wasn't being a dad too much and making sure I was being enough of an instructor and uh, and and a good one, so that these guys were getting a good education of of flight. And, um, you know, uh, periodically, I have uh, friends that are mine that, that are also CFIs. I just say, hey, go ride around a patch with uh, Ted. Let me let me see what you think, see how he's doing. You know, or I'd go ride around with Tom. And, you know, um, it, it, I remember uh, uh, at the at my youngest son's solo and Tom, uh, he was he was going to solo the Cub, the uh, the Steerman and the T6 all in the same day, which he accomplished. Hmm. But before I, I cut him loose, I had uh, Mark Henley, who's uh, number one uh, lead pilot for the uh, for the Airshell T16. Yeah, sure, yeah. I said, Mark, come on up here and why don't you ride around with Tom, see if he's re- really ready to go. And he came up, rode with him. He said he's gonna be fine. So uh, I felt good that I'd I'd uh, I'd disciplined him enough to know that that uh, this is this is a real deal, you know. And I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fudge you, you know. That I can't do that. I I. I swore, you know, that I was going to be a, um, a certified flight instructor, and that I was going to I was going to make great pilots. And I said, "You're going to be one of them, or you're not going to be one." Yeah, that's that's good stuff. I, I had the I had the question mark in my mind as I went through, and I called a, a very good family friend, long long time pilot and instructor uh, named Tony Russell, and said, "Tony, here's what I'm thinking, but I, you know, I know some really good instructors out there that are probably better than I am." And he said, let me tell you something. There's nothing like the I soloed my child club. And, you know, you, you need to have confidence in your ability as an instructor and your relationship with your son. And, and not only will you guys do fine, but it'll be something you'll never forget. And I was so thankful for that advice. It, it turned out to be great advice. Well, I can tell you, man, it was, it was, you know, it was incredible. I mean, there I was standing on the side of the runway. Watching, watching my boy fly off into the sky. I mean, uh, th- that's definitely one on the bucket list, two on the bucket list. Uh, couldn't have been more thrilled. Yeah, I would agree with you. I, I have a there I was moment there as well, um, standing on the ramp watching Grant solo and then uh, watching him fly solo cross country for the first time. And up here wow. in, in northern Virginia, you know, we have mountain ranges, so just like you do in Tennessee, but anywhere he was going, he was going to have to go over mountain range. And as I sat there on the ramp and watched him fly over those mountain range armed with the teaching I gave him, the knowledge I gave him, and the aircraft I decided he should fly, uh, it, it was a humbling and a pretty proud feeling, uh, i got to say. Well, I'll tell you, I guess the toughest it probably was on a parent was my wife, what buddy, she wrung her hands all the time solo, you know, but... Uh, you know, she, she's, she's, uh, now she realizes she married into, to an aviation family and, and she's actually trying to learn to fly herself. So every once in a while, when, when the boys aren't hogging the airplanes and me and her will go up and 
we work on her private pilot, her solo a little bit too. Yeah, that's nice. And uh, and like you, you you taught both your sons. My daughter is now uh, shown an interest in flying. I have a super cub, and so we're in the middle of uh, of teaching her to fly. She's in the very early stages, had four or five flights. So we're I'm now following you down that path of of the second uh, lap around this track. That's great, man. I know that's going to be good. Uh, we we have a young lady at our airport here just got her private and watching her solo and and go through the go through the whole thing it was just it was it was cool and wonderful yeah so you mentioned a few minutes ago about you know you you needed to be the flight instructor and not the dad can you elaborate on that a little bit were were there ever times where you found that uh you found that tough to separate between being the dad and being the flight instructor and any challenges there well, I think it's, you know, as, as they are uh, teenage boys growing up, sometimes it gets a little tough to listen to old dad, you right. know. And so that was, every once in a while, it was it was butting heads over something uh, as as to trying to uh, finesse an, uh, an airplane onto the ground, you know, a very smooth landing and, and making sure that every time you try to make a landing, you're going to make the best landing you've ever made. And that's the attitude you have to have, you know, to, to be great at it. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I guess sometimes I could be a little overbearing, and I, I think, um, I, you know, m- making sure that they they treated it like that—that that every single landing is going to be better than the one they just made, you know. And so uh, I just I always um, I had to I had to constantly stay on them, and maybe maybe a little harder than I should. But once again, I wanted to be good pilots, and I took that out from my instructor side, you know, and and knowing that I got to make them great pilots. And, and so uh, I, that's, I guess, when the dad kind of steps back a little bit and, and the instructor takes over. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, what I found was one day we had come back from a flight, and uh, Grant didn't do particularly well on that day. And so we're at the kitchen table debriefing, and, uh, I mean, I'm just giving him the business about his, you know, airspeed control and his flight control, and, you know, he needs to work on his communications and this goes on for a while, and he listens to it, and he, he gets up, you know, feeling a little bit dejected, and he, and he walks away. And my wife looks at me and says, and this is fun for him? <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, it made me step back a little bit and go, okay, okay, uh, you know, I need, to, I need to step away from the – because I, I had transitioned in the middle of that debrief from CFI to dad, you know. And so I realized that, you know, I do need to kind of make sure I'm, I'm monitoring that on my own a little bit. And that's a very good point, uh, Richard. And right now the boys are in primary uh, aerobatics and uh, in the decathlon. And, you know, and sometimes, you, sometimes just let them, as long as they're not going to get hurt with the airplane or hurt the airplane, I just let them go ahead like their rolls, aileron rolls aren't just dead on. Let them just work with it. Just shut up for a minute and let them just fly. So, it's, you know, I think being an instructor is a learning process, too. And uh, and, and so, you know, I, I think sometimes just do that. You shut up. Let them fly. You're not going to damage the aircraft. And it just let them, let them see if they can figure out their mistake without or being said. But that's, and you, you know, you got to know when to and when not to. Yeah, there's, there's certainly a balance there. Um, well, you mentioned something there that I really liked, and that's the notion of every landing you make, you try to make the best landing you've ever made, so you're always improving. Uh, that's a really good. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that one. Uh, and, and, and and guess what? Not all of them turn out like that, but it wasn't <laughs> because I was I was trying my hardest to make this the best landing I've ever made. 
Yeah, great. Well, uh, any other things stand out about uh, your 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 uh, experience teaching your sons to fly that we hadn't touched on here? Well, I guess it interfered with my diet because we always have to have a big cake and a party afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I gained a few pounds, some of my boys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 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 Richard, I don't know, man. It's it just uh, it's it's one of the greatest thrills of my life. You know, I. Uh, I'm sure my dad felt the same way I did when he, when he, well, I, of course I remember my dad and my dad was a air force flight instructor. So I got treated like a cadet. Right. And so, uh, he was very hard and man, everything like you, like you were uh, telling Grant airspeed control. I said 3000 feet, not 3001 foot, <laughs> you know, it was, it, was, it was that kind of action that he depended on it. And so, you know, I gotta be honest um, you know, we went out the morning of my birthday and, uh, and, and, you know, he said, uh, well, he went around a patch one time. He come back and says, thank you ready. I said, uh, yes, sir. I guess so. He said, okay, here you go. And I, I remember the door closing and saw him latch it. And I went, thank God he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> said, That's what my boys are saying too. Oh, this is what, no, I got to tell you this. This is what Tom said. Okay, we started off the day, my youngest son, Tom, we started off the days on Solo the Cub, and, uh, and, and um, um, we, we got it out. And, and Tom Haynes and all the guys came down to, to watch Tom Solo. And we got it out, and I, did, he, I didn't need to go around a patch with him. I just turned him loose, and, man, he went out there and did three landings, came back. We got the steerman. You know, it's very cold. This is December 1, so it's very cold. We're having to keep the airplanes inside the hangar with heaters on them so that they'll be ready to go because the radial engines, they, they, they're not particularly fond of, of very cold weather, especially for starting. Yeah. And uh, so then uh, I, I got him in the steerman, and I was fixing to get in, with my, put my parachute on, fixing to get in. And he says, and I said, hey, buddy, how you feeling? He said, I feel great, Dad. I said, well, I said, uh, you you want me to go around a patch with you? Are you yeah, are you feeling okay? He said, I, I feel fine, Dad. I believe it'll be okay. I said, okay. So we rolled him out. He fired her up. He went and did three landings in the steering. So then we come to the T-6, and I'd already put my parachute in the back and got ready to go. I was going to ride around with him. You know, and We got him in the seat, got him all hooked in, and and, uh, and I, um, I said, how you feeling? He said, I feel great, Dad. He said, I'm, I'm really feeling good. I said, well, you want me to go with you or not? And he said, um, he said, no. He said, I think I got this. I said, okay. So we pushed him out and I jumped up on the wing just before he got ready to take off and start up. And I said, okay, is there anything else I can do for you? He said, yes, sir. You can get off this wing. So I can fly. <laughs> That's a good sign. That's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I felt pretty good. Yeah. I said, I guess he's going to be okay. Man, I mean that is that is really something to to teach him in three different airplanes, um, so that he can solo all three on his 16th birthday. Um, oh, and it was all out of grudge. He had to beat his brother because his brother soloed first, you know. And I I'll never forget this. We were at at Ted's solo party, and Tom, you know, is is uh, 13 years old now, and uh, and he said, uh, I said, well, Tom, you're next. He said, yes, sir except I'm going to solo the Cub, the Stearman, and the T-6. So he's a little show-off. Yeah. <laughs> but but there again, his goal that you helped him move to, right, which was uh, which makes all the difference. Exactly. Yeah. And he did, and, buddy, he had to buckle down and study. Because 
you know, he was already taking uh, cub instruction from me, but but to uh, to man man the steerman and man the the uh, T six that was that was that was a handful. Either one of those airplanes is a handful. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the steerman and the T six, uh, especially you know, to learn to fly those at such a young age uh, for for such a young pilot is really quite remarkable. And you taught well, him in each a, one of those. I, I wouldn't want him to hear me say this, but he's really a really good stick. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry, pal. I think that's going to be out now. <laughs> after after this podcast release, I think it's going to be out there. So, yeah, well, I, you know, and it doesn't take much to be better than his dad. I tell you that. Yeah, I don't know about that. That that's. A, did you teach him in all three of those uh, airframes, the J three, the Stearman, and the T six of Tixola? Wow. Yes, that, I did. That's really yes, something. I did. Yeah, well, well, I can't help but then ask you between those three, and I, and I imagine you narrowed it down between the two, the T six and the Stearman, which the most challenging from a primary pilot perspective? I would I would uh, say in uh, in a high crosswind condition, the Stearman stands uh, taller than any of them because it it will it will get you. You know, there's there's a point where you in, in cross controlling you run out of aileron, mm. and uh, and it, you can still get a wing tip. You know, and and it's a very top heavy airplane, and the T six requires your attention, but but done right, T six will pretty much stay on the ground. You know, and you just gotta you put in your crosswind correction to hold it there, and even when that when that top when the flying wing falls, it'll it'll stay there. But nah, steerman can steerman can trick you. Mm. Yeah, it can it can trick you. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, great. What a what an interesting discussion. I, I'm I'm glad I caught you, and uh, thank you for taking time away from uh, rebuilding your uh, cub. We wish you the best of luck on that project. Thanks so much, buddy. And uh, thank you for being such a big uh, supporter of GA and of AOPA. And uh, thank you now for your contribution to safety. We'll we'll help publish this, and our whole goal is to reach more pilots and impact more pilots with safety material. And uh, sure appreciate your help in doing that. Hey, it's my pleasure. And you know, in my association with AOPA and and the uh, Safety Foundation, and you know, it's, it's it's always been there for me. Every time I needed something. I could always go and, and, and look it up and, and find find more things about what I was interested in. And it, it is it is very important. And the support of GA. You know, if we don't get these kids out there and we don't get these kids to fly and, and, and take some of those games out of their hands and let's put them into real life, you know, I think it's 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 a mistake because it just it builds great character to become a pilot. Couldn't agree with you more. But thanks so much, Aaron. Richard, I appreciate it. I'll see you in the sky. A great conversation with country music star Aaron Tippin, and an update since that conversation. I'm now a two-time member of the Solo My Child Club. Annabelle soloed our Super Cub uh, just a couple weeks ago before Oshkosh. So if you're an experienced pilot and you have young children, start thinking about it now and get that certified flight instructor rating and be part of the I Soloed My Child Club. It was a lot of fun hearing about the legacy that he talked about in his family for aviation. And it was certainly a powerful motivator for my children. We'd love to hear other ways that uh, you've motivated your your family members or yourself to fly. If you have something like the solo wall or uh, the heritage that uh, Aaron Tippin spoke about, we'd love to hear it. So uh, contact us at airsafetyinstitute.org or email us at thereiwas uh, at aopa.org. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, I'm Richard McSpadden. Fly safe. I'm a mechanic.